Are you ready to get fired up? This is the Spitfire Podcast with your host, Lauren Lemunyan, the Spitfire Coach, a certified life and business coach out of Washington, D.C. We're talking to everyday people on the topics that burn them out and ignite their passion. So sit back, relax, and get ready to spit some fire. What's going on, guys? It's your host, Lauren Lemonian, and I'm super excited that you have joined us for season two of the Spitfire podcast. Now, if you didn't catch any of the episodes in season one, fear not. They're available on our website at spitfirepodcast.com, or you can listen to them on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So head on over there, click the link, download it, subscribe, tell your friends, and enjoy the show going on Spitfires. It's your host Lauren Lemonian, the Spitfire Coach based in Washington DC. I'm here to help you get fired up and to prevent that burnout that keeps creeping back in. Today I wanted to talk to you about something that keeps coming up with my clients and sometimes with me and there are two words that are at play here and I want to dive into them to help you make the distinction between the two and how it's showing up for you. So we're talking today about the difference between help and support. Now a lot of times clients come to me and they say, I just love helping people. I love to help them be better. I love to help them with their problems. I'm a helper. I help. And if we look at the word help, Let's look at what that actually means. So when we go in to help someone else, are we being asked to do it? Or are we assuming that they need our assistance? Are we stepping into a situation where we feel that we're needed? And how are we feeling in the process of doing it? Is it feeling like it's contributing, it's adding to something bigger? Or is it feeling like an obligation, like we have to do it, we need to do it. We can't do anything else until we help this person or this situation. And this is where burnout happens. If you are someone who really gravitates towards being the helper, it's almost like there is this part of you that needs to do it in order to feel fulfilled. So if your label, if you're labeling yourself or other people have labeled you as the helper and a situation arises It's like your spidey sense kicks in and is like, I must step in and help. But this is almost your go-to stress reaction. It's a very reactive piece that does not always feel in control. So it's amazing that people can feel powerful and fulfilled when they're helping people. And then on the flip side, feel completely powerless and out of control. There's this saying that our greatest strength when overused can become our greatest weakness. And I think this is one of those cases. So if we look at help being the helper, there are two parts to it. There is is you as the helper and there is the person being helped or the situation being helped. Now, what do you think is the key piece in between those those two points? There's either a request or there is an assumed request. So there's the idea that I must help them or this person is asking for my help. So let's look at this a little clearer. Let's think of an example here. So let's say that you have a sibling who always calls you, they need financial help. They're always short on their bills. 
they're not able to make ends meet, and you feel like you have to help them. Now, this usually drums up a whole bunch of other things around financial scarcity and and the idea that you have to take care of people in your family. And there may be some other belief systems that are tied into this, but looking very objectively just at the help portion, when you see that person calling you or texting you, when you see that name, what is the first reaction that you feel? There might be some resentment tied into this. There may be some anger. There may be some guilt, uh, some fear, but there's usually apprehension that goes into it. So if you're anticipating the request, we're already in the future tense looking at all of the scenarios and how this can affect us. It's taken us out of the present interaction. We're no longer in ourselves, we're in their story on who we need to be for them and what they're expecting from us. So this is where we talk about it all the time, having the pause, having that moment of what do I want? Not what do I have to do, what do I need to do? Because those are assumptions that we pick up. But what do I want to do? If every time you give this person money, it doesn't feel like you're actually helping the situation, it doesn't feel like it's changing the situation, Are you feeling like you're throwing money away? What's your financial situation like? Is this putting a hardship on you? And if it's not empowering you at that moment, when you see that person, when you offer it, then it's not serving you. This is where the expectation of the role of helping does not work for people. It doesn't work for you if this happens to you. Now, if a friend calls you, and is talking about, let's say, a community project in the, in the area, and they say, you know, we're looking for some help, we're looking for some volunteers. That's then up to you to say, you know what, I have some free time and I would love to contribute. That's probably something that's very joy-filled. There's no, you know, areas that you don't feel comfortable coming up with. Now, if the time commitment's too much, then what works for you? There is a clear expectation of start and stop, what your role is going to be, what your commitment's going to be, where the resources come in. But if you keep assuming that this is like something else, then that's where we get stuck. But the fact that someone's asking you if you're interested, it's all in the tone that we're hearing it. So if you're if you get a call from a family member, for some reason family keeps coming up today. But if a family member calls you up and says, "We're all volunteering and you need to volunteer with us." That immediately is going to put you in a stressful reaction. Because you don't feel like you're in control and power. So this is where you can bring it back to, what do I want to do? So there's people who request your help. There's your view on how you help other people. So where you're assuming you need to step in. So let's say that um, you have a friend who's super emotional and, you know, is, is always calling and, and has breakups all the time. And you feel this, like, in your gut, like pit of your stomach, I have to help them. They can't possibly get through this on their own. So what you've done is essentially created a cycle with this person that when they feel low emotionally, they're going to call you and you're going to go into this and you're probably taking on a lot of their emotional baggage too. So you got to think about how is your lack of ability to say no or your lack of abilities to say yes to you impacting your assumption on help. So the question is, does this person need help and do they need this kind of help from you? And is it resolving anything? What is it doing for them? 
So when we always step in to help people, it tells them that they can do it on their own, that they are required to have someone else help and assist them. We're actually feeding them into that loop of powerlessness by stepping in and helping them. Now, here's where the opportunity is. And I talked about this earlier today with a client uh, who suffers from a lot of this stuff, of feeling like she's oh, she has to help, this obligation of help. And I asked her, what is the difference between help and support? Now, they can be inner interused, intertwined, inter- they, they can be used in very similar formats if we're using language. But if we think about where is support coming in versus help? So let's, let's put yourself into someone else's shoes. And someone asked you, how can I support you? What would that make you feel? It would probably give you more of a partnership feeling. It would say this person is with me, but they're not going to do it for me. Now, support can come in a number of ways. There can be financial support, but there's usually a clear expectation of this is where it starts and this is where it stops. There can be emotional support where someone is there by your side, but they're not in the fields with you. They're not down in the pit of despair of emotions. And then there's the support as far, as far as creating structure and expectations. So if you are in a work situation and you want to support your employees, this is where you can work alongside them. You can give them examples and maybe show them once, but it's not about stepping in each time and doing the work for them. So helping an employee is doing it for them. Supporting an employee is empowering them to do it themselves later on. So helping seems more like a short-term experience to me and supporting feels more like a long-term. So if you've listened to past shows, there are two different types of energy. You have catabolic, which is very short-term, very self-serving, self-protecting. And then there's anabolic, which is outside of yourself, kind of self-transcending or mastering yourself within this world and outside of the, the physical world if you will, but this idea that things are expansive and outside of yourself. So if we think about help and support, help is really sitting in that catabolic state. It may feel really good initially. It may be really effective initially, but in a long-term investment standpoint, it's not going to benefit the situation. It's going to recreate it each time. But if we're supporting, we're alongside, we're within the system, but we are not doing the work each time. We're relying on others. We're working with others. We're creating a team, a process that helps to elevate it. So that key change in language, if you are a helper, I want you to think of yourself as the supporter or getting support from other people. So instead of saying, nobody helps me, I, I need help, what would it say or what could it mean to you if you asked someone to support you? I would love your support. How can I support you? I would love your support with this. It's very different than asking someone for help. We talk about, you know, victimizing things and feeling like you don't have power. That one word can help shift your brain waves in a way you never thought about. It takes you out of the victim chair and puts you in the driver's seat to ask for the resources. You may not have it all figured out, but you're going to be more empowered and in a position to guide your decisions, your choices, and where you want to go. 
as opposed to feeling like you're held hostage by emotions or guilt or expectations and obligations. So this may feel uncomfortable for you. This may be kind of like wound up in other storylines, but start looking at your language and see what comes up. See what starts to change just by changing help to support. So that's all I got for today. And if you have any questions, if anything comes up about this, I would love to hear from you. Feel free to send me an email, lauren at spitfirecoach.com. You can comment on any of the podcast postings. Check out spitfirepodcast.com for past episodes. And if you have like a question, an issue, I'd love to dive into it. You can call me, we can record it, or you can make it anonymous. It's all good. I love chatting with you. I love diving into this stuff. But you guys keep being awesome.